Okay, well, we are in week four, final week of our series, Addicted. And we're in 1 Corinthians 16 once again this morning, last Sunday of March already. And we've been looking at the dedicated ministry of a family called the Stephanus family there in 1 Corinthians 16. In week one, we saw that it all starts with love. And in week two, we said that ministry begins in the church. Last Sunday, we saw that ministry is supplying a need. And for our final week, uh, go with me again to 1 Corinthians 16, and we're going to see that ministry brings refreshment. Ministry brings refreshment. As you turn to the Scripture, let me remind you that we have a special communion service on Good Friday at 6.30. So April 7th, that's coming up quick, uh, Good Friday service at 6.30 p.m. That's a week from this Friday. Uh, also, Resurrection Sunday is April 9th, two weeks from today. And next Sunday is the last week to bring in candy for the giant candy hunt. Uh, if you can help with that, there's a donation barrel out in the lobby. And we always have a great time with that right after the Easter service. 1 Corinthians 16, let's start a reading in verse number 15. <clears throat> I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. That ye submit yourselves unto such, and everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth, I'm glad of the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus, for that which was lacking on your part they have supplied, for they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge ye them that are such. And we're going to talk about verse 18 today and focus on this last sermon of the series. When it comes to Christian relationships, and ministry partnerships and service endeavors, God wants everybody involved to be blessed. Uh, mutual refreshment. And mutual refreshment is found when we honor God by ministering in the lives of others. And we're going to look at the stages of refreshment uh, here from this verse in 1 Corinthians 16 this morning. And this is also in your notes, in your bulletin, and also on the YouVersion app if you'd like to look there. And let's look at the first one here. Paul's spirit was refreshed. <clears throat> you see verse 18, for they have refreshed my spirit. And, and so the spirit is the part of the believer that is in agreement with God's spirit. Uh, according to Romans chapter 8 and verse 16, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The spirit of God constantly reminds my spirit about God's ownership of my life. Uh, I've been bought with the price of Jesus' blood, and now my spirit lives in unity with the Holy Spirit. The Christian's spiritual nature is pure. Uh, it cannot and does not sin. And uh, when in 1 John, in 1 John, when it says that the believer uh, does not sin and cannot sin, it's talking about our spirit. Uh, our spirit is not able to sin. And you hear people say all the time, well, I'm only human, what do you expect? 
Uh, but if we're born again in the Spirit of God, we're actually superhuman, right? Now, how many of you have ever been called superhuman before? That's pretty cool. Right here at church, it just happened. This guy had, right? And I'm sure he had on one of his, uh, his, outfit, his Superman outfit or his Batman outfit or something. Uh, we're actually superhuman because uh, we have a new nature, a new heart, a new life, uh, a new understanding. We're born again in the Spirit of God. And yes, uh, the old rotten carnal nature still wants to run back to the mud. Uh, the carnal nature still loves the world and its lusts. But the spiritual nature never compromises with those fleshly desires. Uh, I like how it says in Romans 8, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And, and so clearly we have two natures that are constantly playing tug-of-war with each other. Uh, the inner person, the soul, is the one that decides whether or not to follow the leading of the Spirit or the lust of the flesh. And that decision is made thousands of times every single day. Uh, when something happens, uh, I'll react uh, one way or the other. It's either going to be through my spiritual nature or my carnal nature. When I speak, I'm either going to speak spiritually or carnally. When I think, my thoughts are either going to be guided by the purity of the Holy Spirit or the desires of my flesh. Uh, a Christian is therefore a triune being with a living body, a living soul, and a living spirit being restored to the image of God through Christ. Uh, the full restoration, of course, will not happen until our bodies are glorified. And when our bodies are glorified, they will no longer have a carnal nature. They will no longer age. Could I get a hallelujah on that one? Uh, they will no longer be deficient in any way. Uh, the body will no longer have pain. Right now, our bodies are still mortal flesh, but someday we shall be like Jesus, it says in 1 John 3 for we shall see him as he is. Now, when Jesus paid for me on the cross with his own blood, my whole being was purchased. My body, my soul, and my spirit, all of me. And, and so the flesh uh, is moving toward future glorification, like we just mentioned. Uh, until then, Paul says that we have to crucify it every day that we have to hold it under every day. Uh, the soul is adopted into God's family. The moment I receive Jesus, it's changed from death to life. It moves from condemned already to no more condemnation. And the spirit is the part of me that's born into the family of God. This is the new birth. And, and so when I'm a recipient of ministry, the act of service pleases God's spirit which pleases my spirit. Now, why was Paul's spirit refreshed? Because the ministry of this family, we met some of them in verse 17, Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus. Uh, their ministry was pleasing to the spirit of God. And a spiritual refreshment comes through the spirit. Spiritual refreshment is lasting satisfaction. 
whereas physical refreshment is only temporary. It is very short-term satisfaction. Uh, For instance, how long will one Lay's potato chip satisfy you? Right? How long? One Lay's potato chip. Remember their slogan used to be, no one can eat just one? When's the last time you ate just one Lay's potato chip and then you didn't have any more? Think about that for a second, right? How many don't like Lay's potato chips? Okay, you like ruffles? Ruffles have ridges like those. How many of you like the Walmart brand? Nobody likes it, but you, it's the cheapest, so you eat it, right? Uh, how long will one bite of sirloin steak satisfy you? Right? Can you, can you eat one bite of your sirloin and leave the rest on the plate? Uh, how long will breakfast satisfy you? Well, you're probably already thinking about lunch. How long will tonight's rest satisfy you? See, physical satisfaction is short-term. Beings in the image of God need more, much more than physical fulfillment. We need spiritual refreshment. And and so let's continue now into 1 Corinthians 16, 18. It says, for they have refreshed my spirit and yours. So let's talk about this next part. This refreshment led him to refresh others. So Paul was refreshed, and now he was able to refresh others. It is amazing how God will use refreshment to extend from one person to another. A refreshed spirit uh, brings this natural refreshment to others. When you're around people living in Christ's contentment, it rubs off on you, right? It affects your spirit. Now, when you're around people with a negative spirit, that also rubs off on you, right? It just wears you down. Uh, I love to be around people who have an uplifting spirit. When I was a kid, I, I went to church camp for the first time, uh, I think it was 1982, and uh, we went to the Triple S Christian Ranch in Rosebud, Arkansas. And I still remember the first time I ever drove up to the place. We drove all night on this bus from Oklahoma, and we got there uh, to Rosebud, Arkansas in the morning. And the director back then was this young pastor named John Bishop. And looking back, John was uh, probably back then in his early 30s, but he always seemed older to us kids because he already had white hair. And so we just thought he was really old. Uh, I've met a lot of fantastic Christians over the years. Uh, so this is not to diminish their influence on me in any way. But I'll tell you this. John Bishop is the most Christ-like person I've ever met. Uh, when you were around him, you couldn't help but smile. Uh, people love to be around John. And I'm sure sort of like they wanted to be around Jesus. He, he was this humble teacher, filled with joy. He would make up these songs out of Bible verses. And I still remember uh, many of them over 40 years later. In fact, I was reading in Mark chapter 5 the other day uh, about the change in the life of, of the maniac of Gadara after Jesus healed him. And when I hit verse 19... 
for some reason, it came out in John Bishop's singing voice. Go home to thy friends. Tell them how great things the Lord hath done. The Lord hath done for thee, hath had compassion on thee. The Lord hath done for thee, hath had compassion on thee. I don't know why, it just did. And, and so uh, I went to Triple S for camp uh, from 1982 till I graduated from high school in 1990. And, and I ran across uh, Brother Bishop a few times when I was in college. And then in 1995, Amy and I were working in our first church in Texas. And we heard uh, in the church announcements, I think it was, that Brother John had suddenly come down with what was called aseptic meningitis, and he almost died. Uh, it affected his brain in a massive way. Like it was a total reset. He had to learn how to walk again, like a toddler. Uh, he had to learn how to feed himself. He had to learn how to talk and to read letters uh, and to write. He would never be able to drive a car again. It took him a couple of years to be able to function at all in society. When he woke up, he had absolutely no memory from before 1995. He didn't know his wife. He didn't know any of his kids. He didn't even know his own name. But he kept smiling. And, and then I heard that John and his wife Donna had started back in the ministry. And this is the late 90s. And, and their new ministry was called God is So Good Ministries. That's the name of their ministry. And, and John began to go around and tell his story in broken first or second grade English about how good God is. And I remember hearing him speak uh, at a conference about 20 years ago, and I just sat there weeping. Here, here was this guy who had gone through the trials of Job, and yet he still had that marvelous smile and he gave his life to proclaiming God's goodness. And, and so I looked up on the internet uh, to see what John's doing now, and he's still at it. Uh, he's totally blind now, uh, but he's out there preaching God's goodness wherever he can. Uh, I watched a few minutes of a sermon that he gave last year online, and I just sat there weeping again. Uh, he has lived in extreme pain with seizures on a regular basis for the past 20 years. But all he does is tell people that God is good. And his refreshing spirit is still leading other people to the refreshment of God's goodness. Uh, there's an article on Family Life's website about John's story. And it ends with this prayer that John had made on their, their radio program. He said this, God, I gotta believe you're good. If I never get better, I still going to believe. You're good because that's what your word says. Lord, this must be what faith means, believing you even when I don't feel like it. And wow, that's powerful. Now, it may be first grade English, but it's powerful. Uh, if you'd like to hear John and Donna's story, go to familylife.com and do a search for John Bishop, and there's three days of the radio program to tell his story, you'd be blessed and refreshed by their refreshment. A refreshing spirit is used by God to refresh others. 
And when the ministry of these men refreshed Paul, it was extended to bless the entire church at Corinth. And God has used it since for centuries to refresh others, including us this morning. But think again about the other side of this coin. Uh, We said a refreshed spirit refreshes others, but a burdened spirit struggles to offer refreshment. A bitter spirit often unloads anger on others. And you've probably been the recipient of someone else's anger being released. They got it all over you. And I know it wasn't refreshing. Uh, Heart emotions easily transfer to the people closest to us, especially in the home. Angry parents spray anger all over innocent kids. And the result is often, tragically, generational anger. Uh, So please be aware that the set of emotions that you're experiencing are passing along to the people around you. And ask the Lord to help you spread refreshment instead of bitterness. Uh, Let's go back to verse number 18, and I want you to notice what happens next. It says, for they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge ye them that are such. Let's see this third part now. When refreshed, acknowledge the refreshers. When you are refreshed, acknowledge the refreshers. Paul constantly reminded people in local churches to hold those who had ministered to their needs in high reputation. Uh, For instance, in Philippians 2, he called the church to receive Epaphroditus with gladness and to hold him in reputation because he had put his life on the line as a minister. And acknowledging a refresher is a good habit to build into our lives. Uh, I'm constantly working on this one because so many times I just keep moving forward without pausing to acknowledge that someone has ministered to me. Uh, I'm not dismissing the person's service on purpose. Uh, I just get busy and keep going. I know how, you know how it is. But but whether it's on purpose or it's unintentional, uh, acknowledgement doesn't take place like it should. That's not good. Yeah, I know some of you are incredible at this. You, you know uh, how to uh, just bless those who have blessed you and to thank them. You know, it's something we've all got to work on. And yeah, let's just think of this in a practical way. Unless you tell the person how he or she has blessed you, that person will likely remain unaware that the need was sufficiently met. Right? They'll probably never know. Um, my parents, I remember uh, when I was growing up, my mom made uh, tuna casserole about once a week. And uh, we suffered through it, all, our whole family. Um, it actually was okay when she melted the cheese just right on the top. The top layer was good. Uh, but one day, I was probably 17 or 18 years old, and we were having weekly tuna casserole again. And... Uh, My dad occasionally complimented my mom's cooking, but that night, for some reason, we were talking about the tuna casserole and how uh, she said it's always been one of dad's favorites ever since 
even before I was born, right when they were first married. And he said, Ashley, I've never liked tuna casserole. And they'd been married for over 20 years. And I remember my mom sitting at the table just crying. It just made me so sad. Uh, when she cried. And of course, it made, made my dad sad that he had said anything. But maybe he should have told her 20 years before. <laughs> right? <laughs> when you are not refreshed, it's okay to say it's not my favorite. But when you are refreshed, maybe you should tell the person you've been refreshed. And, and when is the best time to acknowledge that someone has ministered to you? The moment it comes to your mind. Uh, sometimes we buy into this myth that after a certain period of time, it's been too long to say thanks. Now, that's not true. God put it on your heart for a reason. Uh, you have an opportunity to do the right thing. And there have been times when I had to sit down and write a note to somebody when it had been years since the kindness had taken place because God just wouldn't let me forget. And, and never once did the person write me back and say, hey, Buster, the statute of limitations is ended. Here's your card back. No, they always wrote me back and thanked me for thanking them. See, it's always a blessing to know that God has used you to minister. It's nice to know that you've been a help to somebody. Now, I want you to watch what happens in the last part of this message. And I kind of read in between the lines on this. It says, they refresh my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge ye them that are such. Let's look at this final part. In turn... This fulfills those who bring refreshment. Okay, so like I said, we're reading between the lines just a little, but Paul uh, called the church to acknowledge Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus for their ministry, to acknowledge the refreshers, and the natural byproduct of that is the refreshment of the refreshers. When you attempt to meet a need and then you find out that you have genuinely met the need, it will bring a full measure of contentment to your life. Like you're doing exactly what God made you to do. And really, this is the highest form of fulfillment available. To know that God is using you to bear fruit in his kingdom. To know that God's design and shape for your life is being used to bless others. Uh, look, a, a roller coaster ride is over after about two minutes, okay? It doesn't fulfill you that long. Uh, Sophie had her birthday this week, and we were in California. It's on, so on Wednesday on her birthday, we got to go to SeaWorld, and it stopped raining for about 10 hours in this perfect window, and we went to SeaWorld. And they have a new roller coaster called the Emperor, and it's not, uh, your feet are dangling, and you're just hanging there, like your life is like hanging there. And Autumn doesn't like roller coasters, and so Sophie wanted to ride the emperor, and she needed a guinea pig to go with her. And so it seemed like dad was the right one. So we walked up to emperor, and first she rejoiced because uh, you had to be 52 inches tall to ride the ride, and she was 52 and a half inches tall. That's, she got to ride the ride. And so we went up on Emperor, 
and we're hanging there in these supports, and all of a sudden we start going up. And then I looked up ahead, and I thought, boy, that first downhill looks sort of like a 90-degree angle. And I thought, I'm in bad shape. I, this may not end well for me. And so we get up to the top, and sure enough, that first one went straight down. And I read on the app that it's actually 90 degrees, like straight down. And then it went into all these loops and twists and twirls, and it was done. It was the quickest roller coaster ever, and we were back at the thing. And Sophie said, is it already over? And I said, yes, thank heavens, it's over. <laughs> and she said, mom's got to ride this. So we ran out, well, she ran, and I walked, barely, um, out to the thing, and she went, Mom, you've got to ride this. And so Autumn stayed with the boys, and we, I went up again. Oh, this is the dumbest thing. Why do I do this to myself? I went up again and rode it with Mom and Sophie. And uh, the second time uh, was much more satisfying for Sophie and much less satisfying for me. Um, satisfaction doesn't last very long, right? A piece of coconut cream pie only lasts for a few minutes. In Scott Watanabe's case, much shorter time. Uh, your vacation is over much sooner than you want it to be. The refreshments of this earth, they don't last very long, but living out spiritual refreshment lasts for all eternity, we covered First uh, Corinthians fifteen fifty eight a couple weeks ago. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, this is what's interesting. Your labor in Jesus is not in vain ever. Whether or not the person acknowledges you, whether or not the person thanks you, whether you ever find out that you helped anybody or not, your labor's not in vain. But I promise you this, it is much nicer to know that you helped, right? Uh, I, I've had the opportunity to have different people come in the building over the years, and we've helped many of them in all sorts of different ways. Yeah, one Saturday morning, this is before I locked the door, when I was studying, and, yeah, and I was sitting in my office, and and I had forgotten to lock the door, and this guy came in, and he scared me to death because I didn't know anybody was in the building, and he needed some gas. And so I, uh, I went up to the corner of the stinker and got him some gas, and when I had put my card in, <clears throat> he had like this 1989 Astro van, and before I could do anything, I did the card, and he flipped it on premium unleaded. Well, my flesh just was not real happy about that, not real pleased about that. It was like, we're giving you gas. What is the deal with this? Right? But I was nice. I didn't say anything. And so we filled up his Astro van, and the pump shut off. He got in his van and drove away. He never said a word. He didn't say thank you. He didn't say bye. He didn't say see you later. He just drove off. And I got in my truck, and I thought, oh, I just... And then I remember this first. Your labor's not in vain in the Lord, unless you're a grumpy person, 
<laughs> right? Unless you give away the blessing by grumbling about it. Uh, look, if the guy had said thank you, would it have made my day better? Yeah. Right? But the fact that he didn't, that doesn't change the labor that you did in the Lord. And, and so I want to put this circular refreshment into perspective now as we close this series out in our faith challenge. Uh, in this passage, in 1 Corinthians 16, over these last four Sundays, we have seen the addictive ministry in the Stephanus family. This is one of the good addictions. Uh, their ministry was effective in many ways. And one of the great benefits of their ministry <clears throat> was refreshment. Refreshment in the life of Paul. Refreshment in the body of Christ. And when that ministry, that refreshment was acknowledged, when the blessers were blessed in return, that refreshment became a motivation for future ministry. And I think we all understand that physical refreshment is a motivation for future physical refreshment. When you like it once, you would like to try it again. That's why you keep eating ice cream, right? It keeps motivating you to eat more. Uh, I, I made a mistake a few weeks ago. Uh, I offered to hold little Holland in my arm and let him slide down the stair railing at the house. And so I'm at the top of the stair railing, and we've got this wooden rail. And so I set him up there, and I said, are you ready? Let's go. And I ran down the stairs while he sat and slid down, and he was just squealing. He was so excited. Before I could even set him down, he said, do it again. And he ran back up the stairs. And so he did it again, lots of times, until I could barely walk up the stairs, right? And old dad was worn out, and he was just getting started. Uh, that little boy will slide down the rail as many times as you take him back up. And, and now when I get home, sometimes he'll run up and say, Dad, take Holland on stairs. Like, hello to you too. Uh, his enjoyment led to motivation for more enjoyment. And that's the way spiritual refreshment works. When you become aware that God has used you to bring refreshment into another life, you want to experience that again and again. And it becomes a huge motivator for ministry. Now, love is the perfect motivation. We said that the first week. Love is the best motivation. But you know, refreshment is a pretty good one by itself. Ministry brings refreshment to every person involved. It's this full circle fulfillment. And, and this is one of the rewards for being addicted to ministry. Praise God for his goodness to us. You know, we are unworthy to be used by God to refresh anyone. Of ourselves, we have no power to bless another person. And yet, he allows us to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. He allows us to be instruments for his glory. And what a blessing that is. Let me pray with you this morning. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your grace and the way that you refresh us and you allow us to refresh one another. And I pray that you would help us to acknowledge those who have refreshed us. 
that they may go on to refresh again and again. I pray that you would guide us in our ministry and help us to have fruitful and addictive ministry for Jesus Christ in days to come. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, would you stand and sing? We're preparing 